Today's daf is daf Samach Beis, 62, Mesachas Yavamas, and we are going to pick up from, let's just back up just a little bit, we'll pick up from Samach Beis, Ubeis Hillel Nami Lofu, the very top line on Samach Beis Amar Aleph. Okay, daf Samach Beis, by the way, is a very, very famous daf and chas. Um, you know, last week, you know, whenever in daf Yemi you come across things that have to do with Inyan Adiyoyma, Right, so it's a good sign. It's a good tzach. Last week we had the Arias that we're reading in the Parsha Parshkadoshim. Today we're going to have a actually a few times that is very nagea. It pertains very much to the time frame that we're going through of Svira Saimer and uh, and Shavuos. Some interesting, interesting stuff. We're going to get into the famous Gemara of Rabbi Akiva and his Talmidim. Um, but uh, for the time being, let's pick up with the middle of our sugya. So we learned in our Mishnah, How does a person ideally fulfill the mitzvah of Piri of Arivia? And this daf is what a lot of poskim, by the way, turn to, practically speaking, about when people turn to a posik when it comes to, when it comes to family planning, birth control, things of that sort. People turn to this daf to, to see what's the really Torah approach in uh, in such a way, so we're going to get into the, really the nitty gritty of this. And, we, and yesterday we learned to Machlekes Beishamai says to fulfill the mitzvah Pruravu, it's two sons. Beis Hillel says that it's a son and a daughter. What was the Machlekes based off of? So Beishamai had said we learn out from Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe had two sons, and then he separated from his wife. And Beis Hillel says no, you learn it out from Briyas Soshom. Learn out from creation of the world. God made Adam and Eve. To which Beishamai responds, Shkayach. What would have happened if God would have made two sons? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is stuck, right? There ain't no world if you have two sons. Yeah, nobody's having children. So therefore, it had to be uh, a boy and a girl. But um, outside of Riyas HaShayel, Beishamai says, we should, learn to, we should turn to Maishu Rabbeinu. Fine. So says the Gemara, and that's where we pick up, top line, Beisil nami says, learn out from the creation of the world. Why doesn't he learn it out from Maisha? To which the Gemara answers, Ami Lach, Beisil is going to say, Moshe midatei hu di avad. The reason why Maishu Rabbeinu did, did not stay with his wife after having two sons is not because he felt he fulfilled his mitzvah. That's not why he abstained. Rather, Moshe had other reasons. Titania, we learned in Abraisa. Now what you already see from here, let's, let's keep in mind, like, let's get this clear. When there's other reasons that come up in life, okay, so things have a trade-off. Okay, so Moshe Rabbeinu, fine. He didn't, you know, he, he abstained from his wife and he didn't get this mitzvah completely according to Bezalel for other reasons. Now, the time learned to the there are three things Moshe did with his own knowledge. really agreed with him. Number one, Pirish Manisha. He separated from his wife. Remember, why did he separate from his wife? Because he had to remain in states of absolute purity to speak constantly with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He broke the tablets when he came down and he saw us sitting with the golden calf. Nobody told him to do that, but he did that on his, with his own knowledge. And he added a day. What does it mean he added a day? He added a time period prior to the giving of the Torah, and that's where Shavuos is ready coming in, where couples were uh, abstained from each other. And now we're going to go through the three things. Here we go. This is where we left off yesterday. Pirish Isha. He separated from his wife, my Dorash. Why? Where did he get the drush from? Amari said, Simi, see where Amari said, Umay Yisrael, Shalai Davri Mashkina Lafisho, Klai Yisrael, Hakadish Baruchu, only spoke to them during Matan Taira. Okay? It was like a one time incident. The Kabbalah's man, and we were told exactly when. When, the, when Hashem is going to reveal himself, Amratur, the Torah says, I'll tig you, you should not come close to your wife. I need to be ready. I can speak to me at any given time. I don't know exactly when. How much more so do I have to separate from my wife? So, based upon this, says Beis Hillel, despite the fact that maybe he didn't completely fulfill his mitzvah period for yet, but there's other reasons out there. And therefore, he still separated from his wife. Eskima daitil dasamakam, because Baruch Hu agreed with him. Shenamar lech emar lahem, go tell them, go tell Klal Yisrael, shuvu lahem lahem, go back to your tents, meaning your families, your wives. Fa'ata, but you, Maishu Rabbeinu Pai, Amadi Mug, you're not going back to your wife. So Akadosh Baruch Hu, you see, agree with Maishu Rabbeinu that really for him, the best thing was to abstain. Okay. Shibaras haluchas, Maishu Rabbeinu also broke the luchas, he broke the tablets. 
My darash. Where did he get that from? Omar, my shrine said, Uma Pasuach and Mishesh Mayas Shalish Ashray Mitzvah is just like Darwin Pazak, that's one of the six hundred and thirty commandments from the Torah. The Torah says, Kol A Benechar is not allowed to eat from it. A Benechar is either somebody who's not Jewish or somebody who separates themselves purposely from Kla Yisrael. Hatayra Kula, the entire Tyra, <laughs> when uh, he's, he's holding the, the Luchos, which was the Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments have the rest of the commandments all wrapped up inside of it. The Yisrael Mumarim, and Kla Yisrael now is turning to Abu Dazar, they're turning to the golden calf, Allah has come of Agama. How much more so are they not fit to receive it? And therefore he broke it. Agreed with him. Asher What does it mean that you broke? Straight strength to you. Yeah, Thank you for that. You understood to break the luchais. Is it, doesn't the Gemara in time say that there were malachim helping them hold it, and then the malachim flew away, and then it, yeah. it fell? Despite, but despite that, this was Moshe's das that he threw it to Rabbi Ravinsky. Is asking is that there's there's Chazal out there that talk about that talk about uh, Malachim that were here, that were there helping him carry it and so on and over. But yeah, but once Moshe made a decide, he 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 was kaivish everything. He conquered everything. Aaron tried to stop him. Yeshua came. They all tried to stop him. But ultimately, Moshe Benu overcame them both physically and intellectually. Meaning, he overcame them in Torah, where where uh, Rav Pam. Zechariah Lebracha explains that Aaron said to Maisha Rabbeinu, Maisha, why are you breaking the Luchais? Lamaisa, they don't have the Torah yet. Give them the Torah and they'll do tshuva. Yeah, what do you expect from them? What else? Maisha Rabbeinu said, he said, listen, if you're, if you're serving up by the Zara, you have no chance. Yeah, which is a big message, right? You can learn all the Torah in the world, but if we're not, if we're not a proper cleave, if we're not a proper vessel to take it in, so what's it going to... It's not going to two wife, and ultimately Moshe Ben was right. Okay, also added on one day to for the for Klal to separate as uh, as couples. My darash, what drasha did he make? Where did he get this from? Sanctify yourselves today and tomorrow. What does it mean today and tomorrow? That's the pasuk in the Torah. From Hakadosh Baruch Hu, Hayyim Kimachar. Today should be like tomorrow. Ma Machar Just like tomorrow, it means a night and a day, right? Jewish days start from the nighttime and go into the day. Why is that, by the way? Because evening was made before morning. So to today, it means today a day together with a night. Extended. He didn't say he didn't start from that night and the next day. He said that night, the next day, and then the next night, the next day. So he added on an entire day frame. The same, the same night that we have now is already gone. So he said, okay, so now I'm going to have two additions. I'm going to have added day. Because ultimately, the Torah was only given after Shabbos, which was after that additional day. So you see, Moshe was right as to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's intention. It says the Gemara Baito, we're now going to get back to the midst of Puru the mitzvah of having uh, children, again, that we started out today's daf with, Beshamay says two sons, and Beshamay says a son and a daughter. Rabbi Nassim says, You need to have two sons and two daughters. You hear this? You got to have four kids. Two sons and two daughters. One son and one daughter. Amr Avuna. Avuna says, whoa. Yeah, all of a sudden, whoa. You know, we learned in our mission, it was one and one. Uh, according to Beis and and two sons according to Beisham. What do you mean two and two? Um, Rav Avuna says, "My time with Rav Nosson, I'll leave it to Beisham." Why is Rav Nosson quoting Beisham like that? That you need to have in order to fulfill your mitzvah, you got to have two sons and two daughters. The chesiv, but Taisef leledes as achiv as hevel. Shteitin pasuk. It says in the verse that Adam and uh, that uh, I'm sorry that Chava conceived, and she also had a brother. Hevel, born as Hevel. Now what does that mean? Says the Gemara. Hevel v'achaisai, Kain v'achaisai. Both Kain and Hevel were born with a twin sister. That's the S. There's an addition. There was two boys and two girls. Uksiv, ki shasli aleikim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has handed over, to, given over to me, Zara Acher, other children, tachas Hevel, in place of Hevel, ki hargai Kain, once Kain killed him. Okay. And Chava continued to give birth to further children. She had Chase. The Misa, you see from there, why did she have children? The assumption is because now that, that Heva was killed, 
she was only down to three children now. And now that she was down to three children, she needed to have another child to get another boy to get back up to her mitzvah. That is the opinion of Rav Nassim, why it's two and two. For Rabbanah, but the Rabbanah say, no, o du yehu de ka maidis. Chava was not saying that I had more children because otherwise I wouldn't have had my mitzvah. Rather, she says, she was saying, thank you, Hashem. She was saying, thank you, Hashem. That even though you originally blessed me with children, that you blessed me with further children once I lost heaven. Okay. Tanidok, we learned in a brisa similarly, Rav Nassim, Rav Nassim, Bishami, Yom Rekord, Depinna, Bishami, Zachar, Nekeva, one male, one female, Zachar, Nekeva. One or the other. You hear this? Hetzachayim. Our Mishnah said, the Machlaika says, Bishami holds two males. Bishol says, one and one. Then Rav Nassim, we have a brisa according to Rav Nassim to say, Bishami holds, you need four. Okay? And now we're quoting in Russian to say, Bishamai hold, you need one Zachar, one Akeva. I mean, it all says one or the other. Okay. Amar Rava. Rava says to explain, my time is Rabnas Nimit Bishol. We get why one and one. We already quoted those Tukim and we're going to keep focusing on that. But what would, why would, where's the logic coming from that it's either a boy or a girl? Where's Bishol coming from? Shanamar, Laisayhu, Bara, La Sheves, Yitzra. HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not want creation, Lashaves, to dwell. Uh, uh, he did not create Bara, the, the world to be empty. Lashaves Yitzhah. Rather, he wants the world to be lived in. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants humans in the world, as much as other people, as much as, not other people, as much as people don't want other people in the world. Unfortunately, it's a big uh, movement nowadays. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I made this world for people to live in. And therefore, says Vesel, you, you brought a person to the world, you allowed the world to be inhabited, that works. You don't need, it's not your responsibility to have the world constantly inhabited for all generations with a boy and a girl. One or the other, you inhabited the world, you're good to go. Itmar, we learned, this guy are fascinating shayla. What happens if you have a convert? He already has kids, but they're not Jewish. So he had children before he converted to Yiddishkeit. Does he get his mitzvah pro revu? Because the Maisi, he brought people to the world. He inhabited the world. Rabbi Echanan, Rabbi Echanan says, Ki imperi he fulfilled his mitzvah. For Reish but his beloved brother-in-law, Reish Lakish, says, Nope, like Ki imperi Yavirivya. Imperi Yavirivya is an obligation on Klau Yisrael. He never fulfilled your mitzvah as a Yid. And therefore, you're obligated to have children, whatever the opinion is. Okay. Rabbi Yechonah, Marki, Imperi, Yavirivya, Daha, Havalei. He already had his children. A ger that converts, you know, a new person, you have a new neshama, different neshama. Mam is completely a new person. Hence the, um, hence the new obligation. There's a tshuva that I saw from Chacham Ovadia. Fascinating, fascinating tshuva. There was a balas tshuva this touches on Gersh and Esgayer, except this, this woman was uh, Jewish all along, it was a Balashuva who, Svartik, got married, lived in Israel, and she married a Svarti guy. They had a son. And they were going to have a pity Aben. The problem is, and this was her child, the problem is, when before she became observant, she had an abortion. And she never told her husband. So this kid is not really a... Uh, this kid is not really a Bechar. He's not really a firstborn. But she knew that she never told her husband this. Okay, She realized this once she had a firstborn son. Everybody starts talking to her about a pity, not Ben. She's like, what's that? Oh, you're the first child that comes from your womb. She's like, yikes. And she knew that her husband ain't going to be into this. So she sent the Shaila to Chacham Ovadia, asking him what to do. And explaining her situation, both with Shalom Bayis and whether she has to tell her husband. Obviously a time-sensitive question. You only have a couple weeks. And he paskined that they could go ahead with the Pidin Aben. Not because of the halacha in the Torah. He says, really, there's, there's not. But, he says, because of your situation with your husband, and because a person who does tshuva is restarting themselves, it's enough, if you join those all together, it's enough to tell me that the most you're dealing with is a bracha levatala, 
the most you're dealing with when you do a pity ben is you're making a blessing in vain. The, these two combination override the bracha levatala. Don't say anything to your husband, and you can have a pity ben. Okay, fine. You need to be a Fascinating stuff. Okay. But we find the Kairos, we find sources. And a person does Shuva, you're a Naya person. There's a newness there. All right. Rabbi Yechon and Yishlokash are consistent with their own reasoning that we learned. A person who has children while he's not Jewish. And then he converts. Rabbi Yechon Amar, ain't loy bechar lenachalah. He's not a bechar. When it comes to Nachalah, there's no firstborn. When it comes to inheritance, usually the firstborn gets double. But if you have a family that converts and the children are already born, the oldest child is not the Bukhar. That's Rabbi Echina. Okay? He doesn't get double. To because he was Rashazana, and therefore anybody has. I'm sorry. Yeah, because he already had children, and therefore the firstborn child that comes after the conversion is also not going to be the Bukhar. You hit us? See, not, not only is the, not the, the child that converted along with not the Bukhar, but any child you have after you convert is also not called the Bukhar, even though you're a cotton chanela dummy. Okay? Or maybe he holds you're not even considered cotton chanela. No, he is considered a Bukhar Lenachala. Any child is born after the conversion. That's how far it goes. Fascinating. Says the Gemara Utricha. I need to bring down both Machlaiksim between Beishamai, between, yeah, between uh, Rabbechna and Rishlakish. To tell me whether or not we consider a person who converts to have fulfilled his mitzvah. Tzricha. Why? If you would have only said the machlaikas about periyavarivya, whether you had a child before you converted, whether you fulfilled your mitzvah. That's where I say Rabbi Yechanan will hold that you fulfilled your mitzvah. Because even before you're born, periyavarivya is to have children. Now, even people who are not Jewish are supposed to have children. Not that it's one of the seven commandments, but a state in Tyra. It says in the Tyra, Hashem instructed Nayach, and this, we're talking about Hashem's Minach, Hashem instructed Nayach to um, make the uh, to uh, inhabit the world again after he came out of the table with his family. Okay. But when it comes to inheritance and receiving double portion, they're not included in the laws of inheritance. A non-Jew and uh, right are completely separated. From, from these halachas, maybe agrees with Reish Lakish that they're not going to be considered children. So in other words, this, very gishmat. maybe as far as children are concerned, they're already in the ball game of children because the Bnei Nayach is supposed to have children. But when it comes to Nachla, you're not even in the ball game. So maybe we'll say it's not considered children. That would be Rabbi Yechonah. And if he would have only said the Machlekes when it comes to Nachla, maybe we'll say that's maybe where Reish Lakish says that children that are born before are considered children. But when it comes to period of Rivia, maybe you would agree with Rabbi that you fulfilled your mitzvah because of the Pesach that we said earlier, because of the story of Nayak when he came out. Therefore, Tricha, I got to mention both Machleksin. Fine, classic Gemara, right? You have two Machleksin. What is, what is each one teaching me over the other? We have now answered that. Now, Eisrei Rabbi Yechon Reish Lakish. Rabbi Yechon asked a challenging question on Reish Lakish. Yeah, these brother-in-laws loved to go at each other, as we said, right? The Gemara tells us when Rishlokish passed away, the Yechanan was inconsolable, and they found him in Nuchavruza, and he was still inconsolable. He couldn't be consoled. And they said, what's the problem? He got a chash of a chavrusa. And he says, yeah, but when I learned with my brother-in-law Rishlokish, everything I said, he asked me 24 questions. My Nuchavruza, everything I say, he brings me 20, 24 proofs that I'm right, therefore I never know if I'm right. right? He, couldn't, he couldn't be consoled. Yeah, he, he needs Reish Lakish to come at him. But be it as it may, Eisvei Rabbi Yechon Reish Lakish. Rabbi Yechon challenges Reish Lakish. He says, Be'esahi, at that time, let's quote a Pesach, Novi, Sholach Bereidech Baladon Ben Adon Melech Bavel Bereidech um, of Baladon, the son of Baladon, the king of Bavel, the Chulu. Okay. Now, this was Goyim. So the Pesach seems to imply that non-Jewish children are connected to the father. And if that's true, if we're calling him a son, Rabbi Yechonon challenging Reish Lakish is saying, you see that children born when you're not Jewish are considered children. You fulfilled your mitzvah. Amar Lei, Reish Lakish says, no. Yeah, it's no raya, so proof. But yeah, it's not Let me tell you something. While they're both non-Jews, I agree that there's family relationship. Non-Jewish dad, non-Jewish child. As soon as they convert... No, they lose that connection. Amar Avrav says, Everybody agrees when it comes to an Evakanani that there's no 
yichus for him. He's not considered a family relative. Now remember, Nebuchadnezzar is like a partial Jew, kind of, right? Like a half Jew. He's mechuyiv in some mitzvahs. So he's not connected to his, Jewish, to his non-Jewish family. He's not connected to his Jewish family. Because it says, Shavu lechem poi imachamar, am hadoyme lechamar. Avinu tells Eliezer to stay with the donkey, well-known Pasuk, which he's saying is from Canaan, the, the nation similar to the donkey. The same way a donkey doesn't have any halachic ties to its family, so too the nations of the world. Or I'm sorry, so too in Ever Canaan. Eliezer wasn't Ever Canaan. May say that's a challenging question. There was a Shifcha Canaanis, her name was Siva, and she had 15 sons. Not only 15 sons, but she herself had 20 servants. Now, you see that she's a Shifcha Canaanis, Okay, a um, a Kanani uh, woman who's a servant, and we're still saying that there's connections, family connections. We're saying she had fifteen sons. kipar ben bakar. No, what does it mean? Sons. The same way you find the pasuk par ben bakar. Yeah, does it mean a par the son of a bakar? No, it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean the son of a bakar. Yeah, what is it? What is it letting us know? It's age, whatever it is. But it's not telling us that there's any real family relation. It's just letting us know what she had to do with these 15 kids. But it's not telling me there's the mice, practically speaking, a halachic tie. Okay, gavaldik. Ihachi hasam nami. If that's taka true, that we say the fact that it says ben anywhere. So what was Rabbi Echidon's original statement? Right, we had, uh, uh, the original statement was, he brought a pasuk of... Mm. What was Rabbi Yechonon's pasuk? Paisahi Sholach Baradon Baladon Ben Baladon Melech Babel. Right? Says the Gemara. So that pasuk as well, going back to the king of Babel, maybe a son doesn't really mean a son. No, Shani Hasam. There maybe it is different. Why? Because we're what we're purposely doing is establishing a yichus. We're mentioning his name, his father's name. It's like we're calling him up for an aliyah. So when you're doing that, that seems to imply I'm mentioning it for the purpose of Yichus, but over here, well, we're not mentioning any names of children, it would be different. So the Gemara is basically saying like this, how do I know if it says Ben by a non-Jew, whether it's establishing Yichus? It depends on the context. If there's broader context where I see we're dealing with Yichus and Beseder, maybe I would try to bring a proof from such a scenario, but otherwise, it's just letting me know, you know, what are you doing in the same house? Your kid, you know, they say, uh, you know, uh, you ask a woman what's going on with her kids. She says, oh, my child, da, da. He's, he, she, she's in kindergarten and her birthday is this. Hey, you ask a man what, you know, uh, he says, I don't know, there's a bunch of little kids running around my house. Like, you, you know, uh, depends the context. Okay. Says the Gemara. Um, if you buy your same word, one you could say, when the Pasuk Mamish is listing the kid, the father, the great, the Zayda, Okay, so over there you know very clearly that that uh, they were genealogically related. Period. All right, let's go back to the mitzvah of Pruravu. Itmar we learned. If a guy had children, he fulfilled his mitzvah, but Nebuch, they passed away in a car accident. Something happened, the children passed away. You did your mitzvah. Rabbi Yechonam, Rabbi Yechonam says, like him, he's not fulfilled his mitzvah. Because the mice of the world is not going to continue to be inhabited anymore. What question does this open up? Everyone eventually dies. Huh? Everyone eventually dies. Everyone eventually dies. And also, what if they had kids? Let's say a person's son and daughter has their own children. Okay, so that's going to be the sugya we're opening up right now. What about grandchildren? Let's say I have one child, but my child has a boy and a girl. Or something like that. Okay. Opens up a lot of fascinating, um, a lot of fascinating sugyas over here. That's number one. Another point I want to mention, which is practical, it's a very practical um, halachic conversation about how to fulfill the mitzvah periyviv. And I want to give a little preface. In Bava Metziah, we learn about the halachas of Hashavas Aveda. and what does the parak say? What does it say in Elu Metzias, second parak of Bava Metziah? Elu metzias shalayv, elu metzias l'shechayv l'hachriz. This is what yours is. You obligated to now. So it doesn't say l'shechayv l'hachzir. Doesn't say that you have to obligate it to return. It says you obligated to announce. Why? Because it's in my control. What happens? You can't obligate me to return. What if the owner is dead? 
What if the owner lives in across the world? I never know who they are. The Torah can't say, tell me you got to eat. The Torah can say, listen, you're obligated to announce, which is you're obligated to do what you got to do. But the fruition of something, it doesn't say chayv lahachzir. It says lahachriz. So there are, there are opinions, just worthwhile mentioning, that say that the mitzvah of Peru Revu, what if it's outside of my control whether I have kids or not? The mitzvah of Peru Revu is to try to have children. It's like Chayv Lahachris. You're obligated to announce it. There are those who say that, that, that the, the mitzvah, because again, it's every, every child's a miracle. So if it's out of my control, it's that there are those of that opinion, but obviously, practically you know, speaking, a person is trying to have children. It's not like, a, you know, we're not, we're, not, uh, we're not making a joke over here of, oh, as long as you try, no. Like, the mitzvah is ultimately to have children. But again, if somebody tried, there are those who say, okay, Lamaisa, you fulfilled your biblical obligation. So here we go. What if a person has children and die? Reb Huna says, you fulfilled your mitzvah. Reb says, you didn't. Reb Huna, Markiyam, Reb Huna says, you fulfilled your mitzvah. Mishum Ravasi. Because of Ravasi, Dam Ravasi. Fascinating, fascinating statement. Listen closely. Ain bein David bo go you know Mashiach's gonna come when every neshama has come down to the world every time there's a neshama that's born it brings Mashiach a step closer. Shenemar, yeah, you ever heard of this? Yeah, yeah. But I was thinking since Corbin bias, there has to be at least six hundred thousand neshamas. Okay, okay. Shenemar. A ruach went in front of me. Yatoif will have been wrapped. The goimer, etc. These talking about the neshamas. That he has not fulfilled the mitzvah if the child passes away. Because your obligation is to inhabit the world, the halakha. And your children are not inhabiting the world. They're inhabiting, they're inhabiting the next world. They're not inhabiting this world. And therefore, it's still incumbent on the person to have their mitzvah. Mesvei, that's a challenging question. Top of Hamad Beis. Bnei bonim areyen kibawonim. I told you it's a famous daf. There's a lot, a lot coming up on, on Hamad Beis. All right? Gemara tells us grandchildren are like children. Oh, so what do you see from here? What do you see from here? That, huh? You have to have grandchildren. Very good. So if, their, if the child passed away, how are you going to keep the world inhabited? Says the Gemara, Kitanya Hahi Lahashlim. Yeah, when is that Bryce talking about? Only when Lahashlim is going to complete your mitzvah. Ah, what does that mean? So listen closely. It's Gishmak. I have one son, I have one daughter. But that son or daughter has children. That's how I can now say, oh, look, my Enoch fulfill my mitzvah for me. Because my generations are continuing with a male and a female. Says Gemara, If a child dies, one of the children, let's say I have a child, and my child can't have kids. I have a son. My child is sterile. Like he in Periviria, the Zayda has not fulfilled Periviria. To you have to do Ravuna, it's Ravuna, who says that you could fulfill your mitzvah, even if your kid's not here, what's the difference if your kid's here or if the kid's sterile? Either way, you're not perpetuating another generation. Says Gemara to Yufta, you're right. Staka would be an upslog, a refute on that answer. We're walking away from Ravuna, and the halacha is that the ultimate way to fulfill Peria Verivia is when a person has living, person leaves behind living children and grandchildren. Okay. B'nei Bonam Arayin Let's go back to that statement. Grandchildren are like children. Abaye thought to imply from this statement and say, What this means is, if I lost a son, as long as I have a grandson, I'm good. If I lost a daughter, as long as I have a granddaughter, I'm good. The coach came, Certainly a grandson will take the place of a lost a daughter who passed away, but a granddaughter will not take the place of a son. No, wrong. Yeah, it's all about the male and female ability to procreate and bring people to the world. Bottom line is, says the Gemara, in, uh, in the name of Rava, that 
anytime you have a granddaughter and grandson left over, that also is going to fulfill the mitzvah. Okay. Says the Gemara. Tukuli alma mias. We're like eight lines on the top of the base. Tukuli alma mias. Bottom line is everybody agrees. Trey mechad loy. Okay. That if you have two cho- two enikluch, um, two grandchildren that are born, <coughs> excuse me, from one child, so it seems you have not completely fulfilled your mitzvah because again you have the, you have the one child and not the two. Says Gemara, what do you mean? Why not? The loy. Yeah, this was the case. I have one kid. My one kid has two kids. Why not? The Rabbanan told Rav Sheshes, Go marry a woman so that you could have children. Okay. He had daughters, he didn't have sons. They said, we want you to have children, you should get married again. I don't need to get married again to have my own sons. You know why? Because my daughters have sons, and that's going to do it for me. So you see from over here, that you can fulfill your mitzvah through the, through the next Generation. Answers the Gemara. The Gemara says, No. Hossam over there. He was just pushing them off. He wasn't telling them that really, that that's the way to fulfill the mitzvah. There's no problem with that. No. Rather, he was pushing them off. He was, he was ready past the perk. Yeah, go ahead, sir. So Simcha is asking that the numbers aren't adding up because because each one of your own children have a mitzvah to have their own children. Your grandchildren should result in twice as many as one. Your grandchildren should result, except the mitzvah of is on the man. So, if my obligation is separate from my son's obligation... So even if my son has not fulfilled his obligation, perhaps he can complete my obligation. What it's, when it says pru revu, the Torah is not obligating me to have generations that they themselves divide into future generations. I, just, I, I have the obligation in my generation. Okay? So if, I, if I'm leaving behind in this world sons... A son and, and uh, that son has sons and daughters. Why can't I look at okay, the Maisa? I, I left behind for my Chiyuv, I left behind what Lashavas Yitzra. How could there's Baruch whose idea behind Pruravu that the world should be inhabited? Maybe my son didn't, granted. But it's not that my obligation is, my, my mitzvah is dependent on the later generations. Exactly. Exactly. Very good. Ravuna. I'm sorry. Rav Sheshes, Yakim, Brigadier Ravuna. Okay. I'm, um, Rav Sheshes was, he, he was pushing off because he was sterile because of Ravuna Shira. This is such an important idea. Such an important idea. Chazal teach us the following. The, the aver, the male organ, has built into it a very thin membrane that moves depending on whether urine is emitting from the aver or whether sperm is emitting from the aver. It's a delicate, it's not, I shouldn't say delicate, it's a pretty strong membrane, but it could be ruined by a person holding in going to the bathroom. Right? There's a comedian who said there's uh, whatever. Somebody, he said, people ask him how he dances so well. He says, I'm the youngest of a large family. I learned how to dance waiting for the bathroom. Yeah? That's, uh, that's, his, that's his line. But, but what's, the, what's the stuff behind this? No, no, what's legit? Like, it's not, it's, it's dangerous. Chazal is teaching us something. If somebody has to use the restroom, you're supposed to go use it. It can actually make someone sterile. Rav Sheshes learned in Rav Shurim, and they didn't have the chutzpah to walk out during Shir, and it would cause them to hold in from using the restroom, and there were students that became sterile because of it. This, is, this was Rosh Hashish. Okay? Does this play out medically today? Or is it uh, doesn't seem... Uh, we haven't... I don't know whether it plays out medically, but I can tell you... Uh, for, for, not to, yeah, the way we should treat each other as Yidin, and this applies to classrooms, and whatever, obviously you have to know which kids are taking advantage and which kids aren't, 
Yeah, but it plays out for ourselves for, and for other people. When a person needs to use the restroom, it's healthy to use the restroom as soon as possible. But look, getting back to this, Rosh Hashanah, this was really nobody's business, but they, they were told Rosh Hashanah, go ahead and remarry. He says, ah, he's pushing them off. Why is he pushing them off? Because he wasn't able to have kids anymore uh, because of his medical, um, his medical reality. Okay. Where do you get this from? The grandchildren like children. If you learned out from the following beautiful, beautiful pasuk. Unfortunately, learned out from Lavan, where he tells Yankiv, "Your sons are my sons." Ah, yeah, which he's referring to his own children, and that's good. Oh, it's Lavan's grandchildren, and he's calling them his own children. But now, you know what else Lavan said to Yaakov? Sony, your stuff is my stuff. Yeah, your your sheep are my sheep. Your flock or my flock? Oh, can I mean, you tell me that was really Lovins? No, Lovins a big talker. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Allah the kindness money. Hachanami the kindness minoy. What it means is he's saying, listen, you know, this used to be mine, and I had to give it to you as payment. So hachanami the kindness minoy. He's saying that you know this family is because I let you marry my daughters. Bottom line is, there's no makar from Lovin. You can't use Lovin as a source that grandchildren are like children. So we're still looking for a source. <clears throat> Let's learn out grandchildren or like children from the following um, puzzle. The Achar Ba Chetzrein. Afterwards, Chetzrein came, El Bas Machir, to the daughter of Machir, Avi Gilad, who was the father of Gilad. Okay? So he had Chetzrein, um, had relations with the daughter of Machir. And she was a sister of Gilad because they shared the same father. But Taylor as Seguv, and based off of that relations, she gave birth to Seguv Uksiv. And then another pasuk says, "Mini Machir from the family of Machir Yardu Mechaykikim." The Mechaykikim, those who created Chok, those who created decrees, came from them. Okay, now who was Machir in the Torah? Machir Ben Menashe. Okay. Uksiv Yehuda Mechaykiki. Yehuda is the one who are the ones who make decrees. They're the ones who oversee the decrees. So how does it work out? How can you say that they're from Yehuda if they're from Menashe? Teretz is the son of one, the grandchild of the other, and we're still saying that B'nei Bonim, you see from here, B'nei Bonim, Harei Haim Kibonim. Beautiful. Okay, and we're talking, going to use this as the source. What does he say? Vikari Bem Shemi? No, Kruvim Meshim and Yiyuli is what so Asaf is asking. Why don't we bring a raya from Yaakov Avinu when he says, Ephraim and Menashe, Kruvim Meshim and Yiyuli. You see, B'nei Bonam and Because over here, he was just giving them a status. He was giving them the status of Shvatim. That's when Ephraim and Menashe, where Yosef was split up into two parts. This is talking about Lenach. This is talking about, yeah, exactly. Very good. Says the Gemara, Mas Nisin, Delav Krav Yeshua. Our Mishnah, about the mitzvah of Puravu is not following the opinion of Rabbi Yeshu. I love when the Gemara does this. Right? Classic. Well, it says, here the Gemara doesn't say money, who's the Tana? But very often the Gemara starts out, you know, who's the Tana? It says, oh, I'll tell you who it's not. <laughs> I'll tell you who it's not. So the Gemara, by the way, Rabbi Yeshua doesn't fit with our mission. The Tana learned in the rise of Yeshua, I married. Even if a person got married when he was younger and vibrant, he should try to be married even when he's older. When he's younger, he should try to have children even when he's older. In the morning, morning people have more strength. You wake up, you're refreshed. You should have children in the evening when people are a little more tired out, a little bit older in life. Do not remove your hand because you don't know You don't know. You don't know. Sometimes people say, you know, I'm too old to have children. I can't uh, be chasing a 10-month-old, you know, crawling around the house, whatever it is. Says the Pasuk, you don't know who you're going to get the most nachas from. You don't know. Yeah? Oh, it's not going to be, sometimes you hear, it's not going to be fair to the kid. Not fair. Yeah, if, uh, according to nature, yeah, the, the kid's going to lose his parents in his teens, 20s, 30s, whatever it is. Let me tell you something. It's kedai. It's worthwhile for somebody to be alive for 20 years and have mature parents. It's eichet kedai. It's also, it's also worthwhile. So, says 
says uh, Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Yeshua says that a person should uh, strive to have children no matter what their age. Okay. Now, does this work with our Mishnah? No. Because our Mishnah, if you look at the expression, said, Al Yimna, a person should not refrain from having children until you fulfilled your mitzvah prayer But if I got my mitzvah, what should I do? Enough. Not what should I do, what could I do? I could walk away. I could walk away from having children. We're done. Rabbi Yeshua says, you're never done. That's Rabbi Yeshua, and therefore he doesn't seem to be with our mission. Rabbi Kiva, Mary, Rabbi Kiva says, Lama, Now that we mentioned the statement of Rabbi Yeshua, we're going to keep going to the Bryce. Rabbi Kiva says it's not referring to children. Or, or he says, or he might mean besides for that. It can also be referring to Taira, Yomai, Taira, Even if you learn Taira when you're younger, you got to keep learning Daf Yomi. Yeah? You got to keep learning even as we get older. There ain't no age where we're done learning. Even if a person had students when he was younger. I already did my thing. I know I, uh, I gave enough to the world. No. You're never done. That is the possible. What a beautiful, beautiful and important message. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why for me. Each of us should personalize this. For some reason, if I, when I'm to review this, if it's six months from now or a year from now, I'm so confident I'm going to take a different message in six months or a year than I am right now. Certainly in 10 years. Certainly in 20 years. Why? Because what we know and who we are at the age that we're at is completely not what we're going to be soon. We're just going to have a whole additional backpack of experiences that's going to allow us to understand something. Shashkayach, you did something when you're younger. You're a different person now. You have a whole different set of experiences. Everything's going to change. And never what you taught Tyra last year is not the Tyra that you're going to be teaching this year. And therefore there's never an excuse to say, I already did that. You're not the I of two years ago. There's a whole new expression that's going to come out that we're mechuyiv, that we're obligated to give, to give over. And this applies both within our families and within the Tyra. Amru, they said, Ah! Remember, get ready for this. Rebbe Kiva had 12,000 pairs of students. Mikvasva ad Antifras. And they, these were two towns. They went from Givas until Antifras. We mentioned on the beginning of today's dive, they have a few times where it's Nagea in Yonad The Kula Mezubarek They all died the first 33 days of Sfira Sa'imer. They stopped on Lagboimer or the 34th day of the Yomer. Why did they pass away? All the Torah that you want to share on how they didn't honor and respect each other. Rabbi Akiva and his yeshiva was the Torah. The world now became desolate. Empty of Torah. Torah is gone. 24,000 Rabbeim, gone. Rabbi Kiva did not give up. Rabbi Akiva kept going. That's the godless Rabbi Akiva. He saw the rock. Lost 24,000 students. You know what he should do? He should throw his hands up in the air and walk into a cave and sit down and learn Torah by himself and said, I gave enough to the world. <laughs> I did my thing already. Yeah, somebody else go do this now. But Rabbi Akiva went back. He headed south. And he found some new Talmidim. Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yisuf, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Ben Shemuah. In other places in Chazal, it gives a little, some other different names. But be it as it may, he restarted with five Talmidim, and that's all the Torah we have nowadays. Everything we have nowadays is from these five Talmidim. Imagine the Torah we would have had if 24,000 Talmidim would have given each other covet, would have given each other honor, the clarity, because of the conversation that we would have had. But... It's a tremendous, tremendous loss that we're still suffering from, and therefore every year we need to mourn this. It's a tremendous, tremendous loss of Torah. Tana we learned in Ebrisa. Kula Mesumi Pesach Varatzeres. They all die between Pesach and Shavuos. Amar of Chamabar Abba, Vitem Rochil Bar Oven, Kula Mesu Misar Ra'a, Mahi Amar of Nachman Askara. They died a death, which was a contraction of the um, windpipe. That Nebuch, uh, they uh, basically they, they weren't able to breathe. They lost their oxygen, and that's how they passed away. Okay, Omar Rav Masna. So much to say about this, but 
let's finish the daf. Omer of Masna. Rav Masna says, Halacha kerebi Yehoshua. The halacha is like Rebbe Yehoshua. That's how we paskin halacha lemais. Kabbalik. Okay. What did Rebbe Yehoshua say? <clears throat> a person should try to have as much children as possible. Okay? Even if you already fulfilled your mitzvah, a person should, uh, should, should uh, try to populate the world with more children. Amar of Tanchum, Amar of Chanilai. Rav Tanchum says in the name of Rav Chanilai, Kol Adam Shein Laisha, person who does not have a wife, Sharla Blei Simcha, is not going to have the bracha that a wife brings to the home of Simcha. We need to, we need to be grateful. Those, uh, a, a, a person who's married has to be grateful to their wife because joy comes to the home to the wife below bracha she brings blessing below teva goodness below simcha to have the simcha it's going to be you and your household below bracha dechsev lahaniach bracha al beisecha to bring blessing to your home below teva dechsev lay teva yais haadam levadai it's not it's not good for a person to not have the partner but marava amri now remember Hakadosh Baruch Hu made mankind, man and woman together. Everything else, Hakadosh Baruch Hu made Zachar and Akiva separately. Hakadosh Baruch Hu made mankind, Zachar and Akiva together. Marava Amri, and so they said, "Belay Tyra, Belay Chayma." Yeah, you're also going to be learning, losing out on Tyra and your protection and your wall. This is the source for this walking around seven times under the chuppah. Belay Tyra, Dachsev, Hoyim, Enez, Rasi, Bivz, Rishiyah, Nidchami, Mani. Ah, what a beautiful Gemara, by the way, for Mother's Day. Yeah, Lahavdil, Lahavdil. Yeah, all right. <laughs> that it's it's the chachma uh, to be pushed aside from me. The tire you lose the chachma. Belay chayma without a wall. The chsev nekema nekeva to seviv geber. A nekeva a woman to seviv geber surrounds the man, which is a sign of protection. Rabbi Barula Amar belay shalom without completion. The chsev yadata you will know ki shalom alacha. There will be completion in your tent to fakarta, and you will be. You you will be connected with navcha v'leisechta. You'll be connected with your your home and your beauty v'leisechta, and there won't be any avera. Amr Rabbi Shul Balevi kol yadei b'shushi yira shemayim ve'nena paykda nikra chaytish never v'yadata kishalom alacha v'gaymer. If you know your your wife is yira shemayim and you don't have relations with her, you're called a sinner. Shenamar, as it says, v'yadata kishalom alacha. And remember what the pasuk end off v'leisechta. You're not going to do an Avera. Now, what does it mean a person who has a wife who's Yari Shemayim and he's not with her? So there's various explanations of what this is. Listen, a, a husband always has an obligation of Aina. There's always an obligation to be together with his wife. We're going to get into that a little bit now for the next couple of lines. But sometimes when a woman is more modest, she may not always be as open to her physical needs that she wants from her husband as others would. Maybe she's a little more subdued about it. And therefore it's an achrayas, it's incumbent upon the husband to make sure that it's not, up, that it's not the woman's achrayas to make sure that the couple is having, um, is fulfilling the mitzvah of aina. And by the way, to fulfill the mitzvah of aina is not just the actual act of intercourse, it's what leads up to the act of intercourse. It's the, it's the moment, it's the... Um, it's the atmosphere and the feelings that the couple has for each other already hours and days beforehand, which ultimately comes to, uh, uh, you know, uh, comes out in a way where they want to be together. They want to be together physically, but outside of that, the says says Rabbi Shubalevi, this is the responsibility of the husband. Make sure your home is a place where there's warmth, there's care, and ultimately a place where the husband and wife want to be together and then make sure that your wife is taken care of. Whenever a man goes on a trip, that is a particular time where a woman gets nervous, she's feeling a little insecure, she needs her husband even more, and you got to be together in relations beforehand. You should know when you, what that which is in your tent, has shalom, has shlemus, is at peace, has completion, and you're obligated to visit your tent. Again, to reiterate, intercourse, relations, is an outcome of something else. It's an outcome of Shalom Bayez. So before your trip, it's not saying, oh, make sure to have relations, make sure to have intercourse. It's not what it's saying only. That's how it, that's how it comes out in a physical way. What it's saying is, make sure your wife feels taken care of. She feels you're, you're there for her emotionally. 
says Gemara, is it learned out from this pasuk? Mehachem nafkes learned out from elsewhere. Val ishech tishu kasech. Your tishuka, your desire, will be for your wife. Malami sheisha mishlekekasabala b'shoshu yotz l'derech. Which that pasuk teaches me that a woman in particular needs her husband, yearns for her husband when she knows he's going out of town on a trip. Amar of Yosef leinitzcha elusamach levesta. That's even teaching me samach levesta. What we call the calendar, the aina, that there are times where a husband and wife separate because of a concern that it may be time. For her menstruation, but over here, when he's going on a trip, despite that concern, the husband and wife should still be together. Vakama avarava in a one-time period, we are supposed to abstain. Where the expected is to come before uh, the one time prior to when you're uh, ex- the expected menstruation during that aina, if you're going on a trip, you're together. And the Gemara explains just to wrap up this idea. This is only if you're going out on a trip, a voluntary trip. You know what a voluntary trip is? Yeah, you're going out of town for whatever reason. You're not doing a mitzvah. Avoladvar mitzvah, matridi. Unless you're going to town for a mitzvah, so you're tarot. You're tarot. Yeah, you got to be busy with your mitzvah, eh? and we're concerned that it, that uh, it, you may end up not going and fulfilling your mitzvah. So there, the husband's not going to be obligated to be with his wife the night prior. Tan Rabban, the rabbis learned, and that's why they're rabbis, huh? Is that Yes, partially. We're concerned not only mitzvah. We're concerned that this mitzvah of Aina may cause the other one that you're previously obligated to perform to not even happen. Okay? Tanur Rabban, the rabbis learned, and that's why they are rabbis. A person who loves his wife like himself. You know what it means to be mechabit her more than yourself. Let her spend more money on her stuff than you. Rav Pam would tell the, used to teach Hasanim, the Torah Bachrim, he would tell them, every husband's obligated, you're obligated to purchase clothing for your wife. He says, if your wife goes out and buys a dress, a pair of shoes, shaitel, clothing, and you don't like how much she spent, that's like you, keep in mind, it's like you buying a nicer esrig. The same way you spend money on hidr mitzvah, you spend an extra 50 bucks on a nicer esrig. So your wife goes and spends an extra $50 on her dress, that's your hidr mitzvah of Sherek Susvayna. No, you have a vachiyah of daraisa. Don't, so, uh, don't get so uptight about this. No, you spend money on a mitzvah. A person who guides his sons and daughters on a derech yashar, a straight path, a path, a path of life. And a person who helps them get married off at the appropriate time. Shabbat literally means at the age where they're it's Pirkan means when they reach adulthood. Over here it's referring to the proper stage. A person would say, oh, I'm going to leave my kids off to themselves. So they're on that. No. A person who takes care of them. You know that your tent is full. A person who loves his neighbors. And a person who cares about their blood relatives. Your Makarev, your Kraivov. Okay? Family. Family is important. And a person who marries his niece from his sister, which the Mepharshim explained here to mean, you marry a girl who you like her parents. People very often like their sisters more than their brothers. They don't fight as much maybe. Yeah, what'd you do? You pulled her hair. I don't know. But it's, it's, so when you like the parents, you're also, it's also going to play a role in having more fondness for the wife. Okay, so a person who's very fond of his wife—that's basically what it means. Top of tomorrow's daf. And a person who lends money <coughs> to an ani at the time of uh, of uh, need. When you call out to Hashem, Hashem will answer your tefillahs. Hashem will say, "Here I am." What does it mean that you lend money to a poor person at the time when they need it? So you know what this means. Don't. If you expect that somebody needs money, just go give them. Don't wait. Don't wait to say, oh, the mama should need Gantzazach. It's okay. You see, see somebody needs financial help, we should be there and make sure <clears throat> to take the initiative to, that, that ensures that they have financial stability. Gavaldik, we're at the two dots. We'll hold it here for today. Geshmak, geshmak stuff. Best will continue on this tomorrow. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.